Welcome to My Pirate Wife Podcast. I am Don Davis, and this is my co-host and my pirate wife, Tita Moyers. We are bold, queer, ethically non-monogamous, sex-positive, kinky, clean and sober storytellers, putting the insides on the outside and the messy on display. Authentic and unscripted, we talk about topics not brought up in polite conversation. Relationships, intimacy, unapologetic self-awareness, sexuality, healing, and personal growth. We are provocative and controversial. Nothing is taboo. Hi, Vida. Hi, Vixen. (laughs) Good to see you. Nice to see you. I have a question for you. Right. <laughs> what is your favorite part about your relationship with me? My favorite part? Yeah. I mean, there are lots of my favorite parts. Um, if do I have to sum it up in one word? No, no. You can elaborate for hours about how great <laughs> you think I am. <laughs> of course. Well, I love our communication. Um, that is our, that's what makes us solid is we have great communication. We have ruptures, we have arguments, we have little tiffs, um, but we repair them through good communication. Sometimes with a little bit of a break, but I love our communication. That's why we're the way we are together. That your favorite thing? I think it's my favorite thing because I feel like I can do and say anything and that we can get through anything because of that. Do you have examples? Yeah. Um, just last week, um, you, you <laughs> shared with me some of your fears, um, which were actually direct, directly related to my own fears that I had shared with you. And it caused me more anxiety unnecessarily. And I thought that they should have been better shared with someone other than me. Mm-hmm. You got mad. I, I got mad. I thought you were out of line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, so I told you that I needed some space and let you know that I was mad but I also let you know I wasn't going anywhere and that I loved you yeah and that I just needed a little bit of time and we came back and you apologized Mm -hmm. and recognized why I would be upset about that and you know (laughs) we just we we talked it through the other side may I talk a little bit about my apology Yes. So I have, um, my apologies, the way I make amends for my behavior, because I do, I want to take responsibility for what is mine. I want Mm -hmm. that. I I want to admit when I'm wrong. I want to, um, humble myself and recognize that I need to grow when I I know. That's another thing that makes us solid is knowing when to apologize or how and how 
Yeah. And I want, I want to be able to do that. I don't always know when I have a part in something that I need to apologize for. So, right. you know, if I don't know, I can't take responsibility for it. And I, I need outside help sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a kind of a formulaic way of making amends for things where mm-hmm. I say, I don't say I'm sorry, because that I think is an overused phrase. And we'll get back to how I right. need to use those words. But um I say I was wrong or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I d- didn't mean to hurt you. I, my words hurt you. And, and I'm, I wish that that hadn't happened or, you know, some other way of saying it besides I'm sorry. Um, in fact, you know, I have a whole coaching program called not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. And this is, and sometimes that's just what I need to hear. Right. But I also was going to say something. Um, I really don't like it when people say, well, I'm sorry that you feel that way (laughs) because, right. Because then it's about you. You're the mm -hmm, problem. Yeah. yeah. But, but I do say, you know, I was wrong when I did, when I did whatever. Yeah. I was insensitive. It was, it was not thoughtful. Um, and then I like to ask if there's anything I have forgotten Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, in, in cases from long ago, that's useful. Or, you know, is there anything that you would like to say? Is there anything else that you would like to say sometimes fits? And then what can I do to make it right? Right. So those three pieces, you know, I was wrong for whatever. um, Is there anything I've forgotten? And what can I do to make it right? Is like a whole apology. It's not just right. Flippant. Oh, sorry. Or whatever. You know, it, it has more meaning for me. And you just want me to say sometimes, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yes, I just want to hear a fucking I am sorry. Yeah, because I think for you, you know, before we talked this out, you thought that I was deflecting. Yes. And not taking responsibility because I wouldn't use those specific words. And here I thought... I was doing this great elevated thing <laughs> and you're like, just fucking say you're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I told you I, and you were like, oh, oh, that's what you want to hear. And, yeah. And I, I said, yes, I just want to hear. I'm sorry. I love you. Another thing about making amends is, and this is probably why you really don't like, I'm sorry. People say, I'm sorry. And then they just continue on with the same behavior. Making amends is actually changing your behavior. And and I, I've said to you before, when you've asked me, you know, how, what can I do? Like, what can I do to make this right? And I've said to you, don't do that again. Mm-hmm. Try and Try and be more conscious and thoughtful of your behavior or what you say when you mm-hmm. say it you know, and, and I know that you, you do, you take that to heart when I say that, of course, we're going to fuck up. Of course, we're going to say shit we don't mean. And it just happens. We're human beings. Of course we are. But if you continued on and we're just like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. And you continue to hurt my feelings, then we'd have a problem or we wouldn't be here. Right. I liked something about the way that you asked me to, you said, do you want me to just listen? Do you mm. want me to explain? Do you want me to deflect, defend? 
Which of course I knew you didn't want that. Of course, of course. we were joking about it. Yeah. But yeah, I want to know, I want to know what it is that you want out of this conversation because in the past, so this is both of us learning each other yeah. in the past. I have um, said things or responded in such a way that escalated you even further. Yes. <laughs> that made you even more angry. And, yeah. and um, I don't want to do that. I'm not trying to push your buttons. I'm not trying to piss you off. I'm not trying. Me. Yeah. yeah, that is not my style at all. Um, and so, you know, before we had a conversation, we were texting and I said, you know, what is it that you would like for me to have a successful conversation? Do you want me mm -hmm. to just listen? I can do that. You can rail at me. You can tell me how pissed off you are. And, and sometimes that's what I need. Yeah. Sometimes I just need to be able to do that and say, you know, say my, my two cents. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes I want you to understand why I do the things that I do, which right. might sound like a justification or a rationalization. And that could piss you off further. So I want to <laughs> know, like, is there room for this now? Right. Is it is it okay if I explain to you why I did the thing? Right. That I, did? I appreciate you asking. And then what I responded to you was, I want you to listen, mm -hmm. and then I want you to explain when I ask you specific questions, like why did you do that? Why yeah. did you say that? What where were you coming from? Because there might, and and generally, you know, it always comes down to fear. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, and, and I, I get when I'm afraid, that's when I can be bossy, I can be condescending, I can mm -hmm. uh, overmanage, I can fill up my schedule packed so that I don't have to look at my fear. I, I act out in a variety of ways. I mean, that's what happens when I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. And, and um, something that you and I talked about previously was that you know, we, we kind of share with one another, the play-by-play, -play, whatever's going yeah. on in our heads. Unfiltered play-by-play. <laughs> yeah. I just tell you what I'm thinking and, and give you all the updates that are happening in my brain. Yeah. And, I love it. And we, we enjoy that with one another. However, the caveat is <laughs> that um, it's best if I don't process with you about you yes yes and that's what that's what happened yeah that's what happened is that I was afraid of something and it was something directly related to you and yeah. you got pissed off about that and and as it turns out that fear that I had about you wasn't really about you right but in that moment you know I had just awakened I hadn't even the explanation comes the here it is here it is <laughs> i hadn't even opened my eyes really no coffee and, and i was like a little yeah and um it would have benefited me to pause and to share that fear with someone else and in fact i did later after you were pissed at me and you didn't want to talk to me anymore <laughs> i shared it with someone else who gave me some perspective yeah and I was able to see it differently. I was able to feel different. And, um, but by then it was too late. I had already done the damage. Right. Um, you know, I, I've said this a million times, the pause saves me 
from having to, you know, and the way that we communicate, that's another thing we communicate on WhatsApp. It's like a, a fucking walkie talkie. You can't take it back. Right. Once it's sent, it's gone. You can't, I mean, you could be like, hey, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I didn't mean that. But once it's gone, it's gone. I heard it. And I, that was one of the things I had said to you is, you know, maybe think it through a little bit, think right. about this, but you, you did acknowledge that processing me about things about me with me is probably not the best. Right. And I will do it again. Yeah. I know that I know that you've Fine. asked me not to, and I've said that I won't, but I you will do your will. best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you just endeavor to do better. No yeah. one's perfect. I don't, I don't think that, but, I, but I, I see that you, tr you try, yeah. you actually do try. Of course, I'll, you know, do awful things. My fear, as you know, manifests itself in anger often. Yeah. And you do, I mean, you get angry, you go zero to 60 anger. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I think from over here that it's an unreasonable amount of anger. <laughs> right. And this is, this is heavily toned down from, you know, from before, your previous from, anger. <laughs> from, from my, no, I mean, you know, before I got sober, yeah, um, you would have, I mean, I would unleash just immediately react and not, there was no pause. I, I'll give you a clue as to my anger, but I don't say, I don't say mean, hurtful things like I, like I used to. Mm -hmm. It's unnecessary. It's really just to be mean and it's totally unnecessary roughness. I am <laughs> sometimes I like unnecessary roughness <laughs> with sometimes respect, I get paid for unnecessary roughness <laughs> with respect and consent of course <laughs> um yeah and and you know I have uh I have fear of anger yeah and, and I understand why yeah I've I've had you know there there has been um anger in my uh, formative years looked like blood and broken glass and trips mm -hmm. to the hospital. And yeah. so when you or anyone really is angry at me, mm -hmm. I have a physical yeah. response in my body that is not, um, not conscious, not, it doesn't take place in my frontal lobe. It takes place back in my amygdala. Yeah. And your reptilian. Yeah. And so, you know, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Mm -hmm. I'm a freeze or a fawn, right? I, I just, um, and I'm a fight and flight. Yeah. And, and so I have this, like, I have to make it better right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I shrink on the inside and, and I'm a powerful woman. Yeah. I'm a powerful woman who's very assertive and unapologetically confident. And I have good boundaries and good communication. I take up a lot of space in the world, but anger directed at me, not, not anywhere else. I mean, you can be fucking angry at whoever, and I can stand with you or I can challenge you or whatever. But when it's directed at me, I... Ooh, even right now, as I'm talking about it, I can feel my heart rate increase. I mean, that that all goes into childhood trauma, of, of course. You are a strong, confident, badass woman, but anger directed at you, all of a sudden you revert back to childhood. 
mm-hmm. and the trauma that you experience. I understand that. I, I get that. I think um, with mine, I literally have had to like fight for my life. So it's the same fear turns into me, you know, fighting to save myself. Right. So, so you're like, uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it an overreaction. I hope that, I hope that's okay with you, but you're like very big reaction is a way to defend and protect yourself Yeah, back there in the amygdala where you have to do that to save your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have, that's, that has saved my life. You know, I don't know if I should talk about this, but I will. Um, yeah, at one point in time, I was kidnapped, beaten by four men with pistols, robbed and thrown out of a moving vehicle. And I went honey badger fucking ape shit and it saved my life. Yeah. They were going to kill me. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I don't know. There's no background to that story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need the background. I mean, the um, truth is but, that but you that, had to do that to save yes, your life. I, and I just remember thinking, thank God I'm me. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God I got this in me because yeah. I just went totally apeshit. And they were like, oh, fuck, throw her out of the car. Like, we can't even deal with this crazy bitch. I just mm-hmm. fought for my life. And it was um, it was terrifying. But I kept I remember feeling like I am so glad that I am me. Yeah. You know, this uh, it's no accident that you and I end up together. <laughs> right. You with your anger response mm-hmm. and me with my fawning response right. where we're like magnets drawn to one another right and which and could be detrimental if we didn't have this communication that we have it could yeah. be really gnarly it could I be mean, toxic this is what we this is what humans do you know we recreate circumstances that we are familiar with our mm-hmm. brains have you know I, your your plug fits into my socket. Uh, I'll stick my plug in your socket. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I especially like that grounding prong. The I was going to say the, the three-pronged situation. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Triple um, penetration. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you and I are destined to be drawn together because we have those puzzle pieces that fit. Mm-hmm. And the good news, right? The bad news would be that we would probably kill each other. Right. <laughs> the good yeah. news is that you and I are both clean and sober. Mm-hmm. We're introspective. Mm-hmm. We do this work on um, excavating our insides and talking about it, ta- yeah. having emotional um intelligence being willing to admit that we're wrong yeah so i i would have to agree that it's my favorite part about us too is it yeah i mean besides the sex i was gonna say say, because you know that is definitely an aspect that that cannot go unsaid (laughs) but but yeah, I mean, I think that, and that's why we do this podcast, right? Because yeah. we have, um, I do think that this is exceptional communication. I yeah. think that what what you and I do together 
is noteworthy and I want to share it with people. I want others to have the opportunity to A, experience it between us, but maybe apply some of these um, right to their relationship in their own relationships, romantic, platonic, at work with their children, like everywhere, the ability to talk about what's really going on instead of reacting, Mm -hmm. defending, blaming, uh, stonewalling, all of those things that keep us separate. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm learning, you know, I feel like I've grown emotionally. I've been sober 17 months. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like I've grown emotionally like 17 years, yeah. <laughs> not 17 months, but I can guarantee you this would not, I would not be able to have these conversations with you if I was not clean and sober, because I would, um, I mean, I, you can ask any of my ex-girlfriends. I was pretty dangerous, quite honestly. You know, I was volatile. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the. That's the thing, you know, I'm, you like? I'm this moth, moth to the flame, you know, yeah. you do have this danger, you do have this volatility that is stimulating to my, my brain, my body, my physical responses like that. Yeah. And, and you're just this side of you know, the danger line, Mm -hmm. just this side and, and your personal growth and your healing make it so that I can still have that touch of danger, but but it's it's the same reason, like we said in the, the other podcast, the same reason why I like to ride roller coasters and why I, I can, uh, play with you do bondage with you yes because I like to be scared yeah I do I like to ride roller coasters I like to go to haunted houses I like to have the shit scared out of me but I know I'm gonna be okay I know I'm gonna be safe I want to scare the shit out of you I love (laughs) it's one of my favorite qualities really well and and I think that that roller coaster analogy is perfect for this scenario because Mm -hmm. I also get that um tingly excited nervous kind of scared when you're angry Mm -hmm. um but also I'm big now yeah and I can say I need you to go over there and work that shit out because this is too much for me you Mm do and uh also you have you've watched me you've watched me time plus consistency equals trust yes you so yes you know that i have it in me that that danger but you watched me practice these principles in all my affairs and be a certain person over and over and over consistently Mm -hmm. yeah so that that real true danger is not there can you talk about how you learned to be angry yeah um I mean um this goes back generations really uh my grandfather uh, his idea of a good Saturday night was a fist fight that was a fun Saturday night and and you know when you get 
when you get CPS called on you in the 50s. And CPS is Child Protective, child protective Services. Services. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're beating your children really badly. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that happened to my, my dad and his siblings. CPS was called on them several times, often. And that's pretty gnarly. Um, so someone, dad, what you're saying is that someone found your grandfather dangerous enough to oh, call the authorities to remove the children. Absolutely. That, yeah. Okay. It's I the neighbors, to... the neighbors, mm-hmm. they could see it and hear it. And, um, you know, I, I've, the, my dad's brother, I don't know if we can talk about this actually, but, um, he's definitely dangerous. And, you know, my dad has I don't know how dangerous my father is. I know that he he certainly can be. Um, he has scared you enough. Yeah, not just me, other people. I've seen him do it to other people too, but me and my my siblings mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like, I was a very angry child. Um, I was, I was, a, a fighting, you know, angry child. And I think that that's, I felt that I had to, to stay alive. But when I was in high school, um, I became, I wouldn't say introverted. I was not introverted, but I did not show my anger. I did not display it. I did not speak about it at all. And, um, I played, I played tennis and I tried to get it out that way. And I think I, it made me a a better tennis player. I I channeled that rage and that anger into playing tennis. I was a a very good athlete in every sport that I played. And that that's, I think why, but, um, but it started manifesting itself physically in my body. Um, I think I've said this before in one of the other episodes, but all my hair started to fall out. Uh, I got styes all over my eyes, my boils under my arms. My fingernails all turned green and then black and fell off. And I had like um, an abscess in my cheek. Like it was physically like anger, rage, just pushed down and shoved inside of me. And it it was awful. That's, that's what it was. I mean, I had a lymphatic massage therapist say to my mother, like, what the fuck is up with this kid? Like, mm-hmm. I was like 15 years old. My mom was like, well, she's under a lot of pressure. She was like, well, whatever it is that's causing her this much pressure, she needs to stop like today. Right. And there was or it'll kill like you. This. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Wow. And so um, I I think it's fair to say that taking drugs and drinking was an escape for you oh absolutely I was like fuck yes Mm -hmm. that's what I want to do I mean totally being a heroin addict yeah I didn't have to feel that I just numbed out and I was happy to do it so for me growing up in a household where um, there was violence and sexual assault and danger and the grown-ups were not protecting me i i was encouraged and and the behavior was modeled for me 
to go along and smile mm-hmm. and pretend like everything was okay. And, um, you know, with the sexual assault that happened, I was taught that my body was a commodity. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how that played out for me was that I, uh, found myself as a, as a young girl who was drinking and taking drugs, I found myself in situations with boys and men who were predatory, um, Mm -hmm. who, you know, were just waiting for me to be incapacitated. Yeah. Um, and I, this is traumatizing, but I'm going to share it. So if anybody is having, you know, feelings about this kind of conversation dip now because (laughs) it's just gonna get worse Mm -hmm. um but you know I remember a time when I was a teenager I don't know 16 years old and I was drunk and I was walking around in downtown LA by myself and a car full of boys rolled up and they had beer And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they enticed me to get into the car. I had a couple of choices. I could have said no, but I really do think that they would have dragged me into the car. Mm -hmm. So better to go along and pretend like I'm having a good time. And I got in the car with them. Um, I wasn't alone, actually. There was another young woman who was walking with me, I remember now. And, you know, she had to come along too or get left by herself. So Mm -hmm. I, I put her in danger as well. And we ended up in a an abandoned house with all of these guys who were drinking and getting drunk. And um, I knew that if I did not find the one in charge mm-hmm. and sidle up to him, that I was going to get gang raped. Yeah. And so that's kind of how, and that's just one story, but that's kind of how I maneuvered through the world with anger and um, alcoholism and drug addiction and chaos Mm -hmm. is that I just kind of offered myself up to keep myself safe. And and it's so sad to say that. And to know know how many of us have that experience. Um, Anyway, I've I've been clean and sober for 30 years Mm -hmm. since I was 22. And, um, I still find myself doing that fawning behavior, not in the same circumstances, right? I'm not walking down the street by myself in LA in the middle of the night, but, um, when I feel like I'm in danger Mm -hmm. an overreaction, feel like I'm in danger, you know, like if somebody's mad at me, for instance, mine, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Then I fawn. I'm like, I try, I I give my, I turn myself inside out to try to make that person happy. Because if I don't, I feel like I'm, my life is in danger, even if it isn't. Old trauma. This is how old trauma plays out. And we all have our own old trauma and it's all playing out all the time everywhere I don't think that you do that with me on the tiniest level I do on the tiniest level where I want you 
not to leave me. Right. I, I want you not to reject me. I want you not to abandon me. So please love me. Please don't be mad at me. And, and that's all like, I don't need, I don't need to fix this. Right. You know? I, I think that's changing. I think in, you know, when we first met and we were first together, yes, more, so. much more so. Yeah. Now, now, and that is why when I, when I, um, talk to you and tell you, I need space, I make sure that I say, I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. I just need some space. Like yeah. I'm not leaving you. I'm not going anywhere. And uh, I had messaged you because one of our uh, recent episodes fired from Taco Bell. <laughs> I messaged you and said, I just wanted to talk to you so that you're not getting fired from Taco Bell over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's important. Yeah. I do need that. I, I do need for you to say that to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I want I want that assurance also. Right. And I was going to say, and when I'm, you know, you feel triggered and traumatized, I can reach out to you and be gentle with you and remind yeah. you that I love you. And I, yeah. I think you're right that in the beginning of our relationship, you know, uh, over a year ago, mm-hmm. that we were more reactive to one another. Yeah, totally. We didn't fact, know each other the way that we do now. Right. And I broke up with you three times in the three first times. few months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, because I thought you were dangerous. Yeah. Like here, here I was moth to the flame. I'm attracted to you. Um, you were newly sober and, and kind of out of your mind. <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, I probably was still quite dangerous. You were, yeah. <laughs> you were. And, and so I pulled back Mm-hmm. I wanted to be close, yeah. but you scared me enough that I had to leave. And so yeah. that, that was repeated a few times and sorry about that, <laughs> but you I know, mean, here we are I, now because we continue to learn each other. We continue to be vulnerable. We yeah. continue to trust one another. And I love us. I love us too. I, what I feel really great about is I feel always that we can always talk it through to the other side always yeah and here we are at the other side (laughs) I love you I love you that's another episode of my pirate wife rate review and follow the podcast and share it with someone you know. Don Davis is a certified comprehensive sex educator, an intimacy coach, and a confidence specialist. Tita Moyers is a professional dominatrix, an extreme body modifier, and a 12-step enthusiast.